From the concert halls to the juke joints, from churches to festivals in the fields, welcome to another episode of Bill Street Caravan, celebrating the sounds of Memphis for more than 20 years. Heard around the globe on NPR Worldwide. Hi, I'm your co-host, Pat Mitchell-Worley. And I'm Jared J.B. Boyd. This week on Bill Street Caravan, we're going to hear the sounds of Chris Pitts in the Memphis Prime from Ground Zero Blues Club in Clarksdale, Mississippi. Grammy-nominated bluesman Guy Davis will be with us to deliver an installment of the Blues Hall of Fame, an exploration of the lives of the pioneers and innovators enshrined in the Blues Hall of Fame here in Memphis, Tennessee, brought to you by the Blues Foundation. That's all coming up right now on Bill Street Caravan. Hey, Pat. Hey, JB. This week on The Caravan, we got a new talent that is a little untapped, but I'm glad that we're going to share it with everybody. One of the best things about Bill Street Caravan is we go out, we listen to the music, we capture it live just to turn our listeners on to new sounds. You know, for anyone who's listening who hasn't been to our region, the Ground Zero Blues Club is one of those gems that if you get anywhere near Memphis, you might as well just go ahead and take a trip. That's right. Clarksdale is about an hour away from Memphis, and Ground Zero is one of those spots that you want to say, I went there. You go visit the crossroads, then head on to Ground Zero. Go to the, actually, to the Delta Blues Museum in the middle. You can get all that blues education right there within, like, a two-mile radius. (laughs) So the artist that we caught up with, Chris Pitts in the Memphis Prime, they're blues, right? Back to the blues, baby. We're going right back to our own roots. It's always good to check in on the best and the brightest and the new stars to be that are up and coming in the blues scene. You know, I saw Chris myself playing with a friend of the show, Al Capone, and his blues band. And uh, I was asking myself, is he related to Skip Pitts? Because, I mean, he sounds pretty good. (laughs) For those who don't know Skip Pitts, the Stax legend. So let's go on in to Ground Zero and hear from Chris Pitts and the Memphis Prime.
Yeah. <laughs> 
Join the band so far. Let me hear you say yeah. Chris Pitts and the Memphis Prime live on Bill Street Caravan. Thank you. 
on Bill Street Caravan. For more information, well, you're going to have to be there to hear him again. Because if you look him up online, you might find a video here or there, but you're not going to find a signature page that's all about his music. But if you are traveling through Memphis, the best place to find him is right at the Rum Boogie on world-famous Bill Street. Up next, Grammy-nominated bluesman Guy Davis takes us through the life histories of the pioneers and innovators enshrined in the Blues Hall of Fame. This segment is brought to you by the Blues Foundation, and it's also available as a standalone podcast through iTunes. The first time Riley King laid eyes on Beale Street, he knew this is heaven. He strolled under neon signs, smelled sweet, hot barbecue. He glanced sideways at painted ladies. He stood and watched a dice game. Heaven. He floated after the sound of music to Handy Park. He shook his head. He thought, these guys sound like they have four arms. I'm all thumbs. Riley carried his guitar with him, didn't even have it in a case, but wouldn't dare play. All of a sudden, a spotter for the dice game shouted, Number one! Everyone looked up and saw a white policeman coming. They ran, and Riley followed, cradling his guitar under his arm. He flew past pawn shops and glimpsed a picture of T-Bone Walker in the record store window. His hero, heaven emptied fast. Though humble, Riley gushed charisma, sincerity, and charm. Most importantly, he worked hard. He came to heaven after a dream. But that policeman and the guitarist with four arms chased him and his dream right across the Mississippi into West Memphis, Arkansas. 
He had nothing fancier to wear than an old army jacket, still carrying his guitar with no case. Riley took a few deep breaths and went inside the local radio station. He was looking for the man he'd heard on the radio every day growing up in Mississippi. Riley was shown back to the studio, empty except for one tall, brawny dude standing there playing harmonica. Guitarist with four arms, now this guy. Riley took another deep breath and looked him in the eye. Sonny Boy Williamson stopped blowing his harmonica. He looked back into Riley's eyes and said, What do you want? Riley stammered, I, 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 I want to sing on your program. Go ahead, Sonny Boy said. Let me hear you. Riley stopped stuttering. He picked clean and sang clear for Sonny Boy. Riley could feel him warming up. The big fella said, What do you call yourself? I'm just Riley B. King. That night, Riley found himself performing in the packed, sweaty 16th Street Grill on West Memphis's little version of Beale Street. Heaven came to Arkansas. The women moved to Riley's beat. He plucked the high notes and watched their backs arch. Miss Annie, who ran the joint, said Riley could play there six nights a week, 12 bucks a night on one condition. He had to get on the radio and spread the word about his new gig. Riley thought about it as he crossed back over the rivers and heard rain pounding on the bus roof. In Memphis, Riley walked off from the bus station. He felt raindrops and tucked his guitar under his coat best as he could. Miss Annie was still talking to him. Get on the radio, he heard over and over. He knew he'd do anything to broadcast on WDIA, and now he was. Only 20 more blocks in a rainstorm to go. WDIA flew onto the Memphis airwaves right as Riley first saw heaven. The first radio station in America to play all black music with all black DJs. When Riley finally reached the WDIA studios, he saw one of those DJs behind a soundproof window and knocked on the glass to get his attention. The DJ happened to be the first WDIA hired. In the heart of the rich Mississippi Delta, WDIA, 50,000 watts of goodwill, invites you to join us in asking the man upstairs to smile on us today. Nat D saw Riley standing there, dripping with the guitar, strings down under his coat. He saw the determination and sincerity written all over Riley's face. He wanted to make this work. Nat said, we've got a new product we want to put on the air. You think you could make a jingle? Riley had no experience with jingles. He blurted out, yes, sir. Nat D said, the name of it is Pepticon. Pepticon? Yeah. Riley beat his guitar like a drum and sang. Pepticon, sure is good. Pepticon, sure is good. Pepticon, sure is good. You can get it anywhere in your neighborhood. Nat said, you're hired. Pepticon and its plugger were a hit. The stuff was mostly alcohol, and listeners dug that almost as much as the new down-home kid they heard on D.I.A. Riley had 15 minutes every day. He sang the virtues of the alcoholic serum and some of his own songs, and folks went crazy for him. He called himself the Beale Street Blues Boy. Letters poured into WDIA for him, addressed to Mr. Blues Boy. That got shortened to BB. She knows what to do. 
Every legend has a twist. Young B.B. King's life took one in a town called Twist, 40 miles outside Memphis in the Arkansas cotton fields. There, on a freezing winter night, B.B. did his thing in a juke joint that looked like a good wind could turn it into toothpicks. The joint was so rustic it had a steel barrel full of flaming gasoline for a heater. Now B.B. heard fights in the crowd just about every place he played. But that was just part of the ambiance. This scene got twisted. Two guys wrestled on the floor. They locked up and started rolling like a tractor, cutting down everyone in their path. And then they crashed into the barrel. The thing tipped over and a river of fire flooded the dance floor. B.B. King and everyone else got the hell out of there. Outside, even the wrestlers stopped to watch the place burn. B.B. looked around to make sure everybody was all right and then noticed something. Oh no, he shouted, I left my guitar in there. He had no time to think as the place collapsed. He had to save her. B.B. dove through the front door, hearing cries of don't, drowned out by roaring hell. Flames licked at him as he ran. He grabbed the guitar around the neck and turned back out. Chunks of burning ceiling rained down around him. He hit the floor rolling and finally came to a stop outside in the cold night, smoldering like a cigarette. Still smoking, B.B. got up and stood face to face with one of the guys in the fight. You just about killed everybody in this place. The man looked down. B.B. watched him for a moment and realized it could only be one thing. What was her name? B.B. asked. The man muttered something. Lucille? B.B. asked. The man nodded. B.B. said, who's Lucille? The woman works here, the man replied. B.B. never saw her, but he never forgot her either. He also never wanted to forget how foolish he'd been to risk his life for his guitar, so he named her Lucille. In spite of his adventures, lady friends, and his radio fame in Memphis, B.B. spent more time in Arkansas picking cotton than picking Lucille. He knew he needed a hit record to get him out of the fields and the raunchy roadhouses that grew beside them. He made little money as a DJ but recognized the fringe benefits of broadcasting. He used his time to promote his own gigs and provide favors for other folks in the business. A popular bluesman named Lowell Fulson came to perform on Beale Street, bringing his brilliant but unknown band leader Ray Charles with him. They sold thousands of tickets, and as they counted their money in a back room after the show, a local DJ stepped up to introduce himself. You the only ones to fill this place, B.B. told Fulson. I pat myself on the back because I made your records. Lowell thanked B.B. and figured that'd be that. But B.B. stood there. He said, tell you what you can do. You can let me do that song three o'clock in the morning. Lowell thought a second. The song had been out three years. He never heard B.B. sing. He figured nothing was going to come of it. Why, sure, Lowell said, you can do the song. Lowell Fulson didn't know what a serious young man he was dealing with. Within a matter of days, B.B. booked a recording session with the Los Angeles Rhythm and Blues Company. They set up a temporary studio right down the street from B.B.'s apartment at the Y. B.B. stepped into the room and saw some of the elite players in all of Memphis, 
Tough Green, Ben Branch, Hank Crawford, Willie Mitchell, and on the piano, a bad 20-year-old who already had a massive hit record, Ike Turner. But all these stars held back as this day and Lowell Fulson's song belonged to B.B. King. Two months later, it was the number one record in the land. B.B. walked into Paul's tailor shop on Beale, the place he'd run past from the police his first night in heaven. He bought two suits, one burgundy and one lavender, with black and red shoes, a shirt, socks, and a tie to match. And B.B. King jumped on the long, winding road. Well, I can't find my baby. Thanks for listening to the Blues Hall of Fame podcast, brought to you by the Blues Foundation. The Blues Hall of Fame podcast is produced by Bill Street Caravan for the Blues Foundation, written by Preston Lauterbach and voiced by Guy Davis. For more information on the Blues Foundation, go to blues.org. Caravan has brought the sounds of Memphis to public radio airwaves for more than 20 years. And now you can see what we've been talking about. Check out our series of digital shorts through our website or go to iListenToMemphis.com. I Listen to Memphis is about Memphis music today, the people who make it, and the places and culture that fuel it. iListenToMemphis.com. Bill Street Caravan is supported by awards from Memphis Travel and Tennessee Arts Commission. We're back, and for those of you who are just tuning in, we're at Ground Zero in Clarksdale, Mississippi, with Chris Pitts and the Memphis Prime.
y'all pretend together one time. Put the pimp in front, yo. Yeah, 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 yeah.
One time for Stacy Marino. Seth's gone. Seth's gone. Now it's All right, all right. We're back on the Bill Street Caravan. We got the man. He's just been hearing him. You've been listening to him, Chris Pitts. How you doing, my brother? Man, bless. Bless. How you doing? Man, we we glad to have you. We blessed that you're here in Memphis, Tennessee, the the home, your home, my home. And uh, I know a lot of people all over the world are going to be listening to this. They want to know your story because they're hearing your sound. And listen, we're fortunate to get it down on paper because I I couldn't find it nowhere else. So I got to (laughs) come straight to the man himself and hear from him. So Memphis, this is you're born and raised here, right? Born and raised. Born and raised. How, How long has music been in your life? I've been playing music. I got into music at the age of five. I picked up the guitar at the age of five. Wow. Come from a music background, so I've been around it all my life. Absolutely. What's yeah. what's we say background means that family is the neighborhood. Yeah. I mean, what was going family, on? Family, I got uncles that played, um, cousins. It just run through the family, man. From yeah. the kids on up to the older people. Everybody do something. Right, you know? all right. So who did, I mean, who did you did you pattern your style after anyone in particular, well, uh, even if it was someone you could you knew that you could touch and be around and learn from, or just listening? I mean, any 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 people that you heard on records or watched on television that you felt like you got your style from? Well, first person I looked up to was my uncle Steve Nelson. So he played around Memphis and, and was well known, and I grew up wanting to be like him until I ventured out and seen other people's like Stevie Ray Jimmy. 
Eric Gills, you know, then I still look up to him. You know, he's still my role model, but it was just more than what he was doing. It was more to learn. So, wow. I, you know, it was a blessing. So tell me about this show that we're listening to today. What was the occasion and, and what did it mean to you down at uh, Ground Zero? I, I love to go there. It's it's a good place. It's a good venue. Uh, I just feel like my job is to keep the blues alive, to draw the young people, you know, let them see that blues can go either way. So, I, you know, I'm drawing the young and old, so that's my main thing, to draw the young people because I caught on to the blues at an early age, and I understood it at five years old. So I feel like that's my job, to show them. You talk about the blues, but one thing that Memphis really getting a lot of love for in, in this new generation is hip hop. I know that yeah. uh, you've been a part of sort of trying to blend those two sounds. Yeah. Uh, first of all, what's been your interaction and relationship with, with, with hip hop in this city? And for those who may not be familiar with the way that hip hop goes down in Memphis, I mean, what is that connection with the blues, that conversation? To me, it's the same. Because when I was growing up, I listened to a lot of rap too, you know, so my blues is more closer to the rap because I did more stuff like the rappers did. You know, a lot of blues players, they was sharecroppers and all that. I I did the stuff in the streets. I'm more of a rapper to me and hard, but <laughs> I just feel the blues, you know what I'm saying? So when I was growing up, I always wanted to be a rapper, but I was like, man, I can't rap, you know? I, can't rap that fast, you know, I, I couldn't do it. I tried it, but I'm still working on it. But uh, I always wanted to connect the blues with rap. So what you been working on now since this show? What's going down? Man, it's trying to get this album out. It's been trying to get done. We almost finished. I'm working with Elliot. We got something real nice, you know, something different. I think the world don't, you know, love it. How have you grown and developed taking that sound from stage into the studio? Well... I have a lot of help. You know, I had the right people around me. I just come up with the music. I lay it out the way I want it to go, and I, I take it to people like Mike D, Michael Rayford. I started off with him, and I took what I had from him and took it to Eliam and just it went to a whole nother level. So I'm just letting God lead me now, because I try to do so much on my own, but I learned now to step back and let God, man, just lead me let him because I swear man it's, it's it's hard when you out here by yourself and you know I'm independent you know I'm doing everything on my own so it's a little more struggle but I love it man you know I'm not gonna give up because I know this is what the world need you know you're still rocking on Bill at Run Boogie right oh yeah man how, how can people tap in with you there well I, every other Sunday I'll be there this Sunday from 7-Eleven and uh Tune into my Facebook page. I, you know, normally put post it on uh, Facebook to let people know where I'm at. What's that atmosphere like? Cause it sounds like you a soldier of the blues. You still holding it down, like you said, the rockabilly, the <laughs> funk, the yeah. R&B, some everything else going on yeah. around you. And what's it like holding down that, that for real, for real blues? That one of the greatest tourist attractions in the world. Well, it's like I tell people, it's easy for me. You know, it's not hard because I didn't live this life. I live it every day. It's not hard for me because it's a passion. I look at blues like life. It's a day-to-day -day life, you know? It's the truth, you got good days, you got bad. So, you just gotta know how to deal with it. You know, once <sighs> once a year, uh, particularly once a year, you know, you have 
a lot of people come from across the world to play the blues for the International Blues Challenge. You know, you have people who come to Memphis and, and record at Royal, come to Sun and that kind of thing and, and sort of reflect our sound back to us, although they might have come from a different place. you have any thoughts, uh, I mean, about being steeped in this Memphis blues sound and seeing how it travels across the world and enough to even come back to us through people who maybe have never even been to Bill before. It might be their first time coming through and they, they already have uh, their thoughts and feelings about playing that Memphis sound. Yeah, it's a blessing to be from Memphis because when I go places, they know it's real here. So we got a sound that everybody is trying to, you know, captivate. So it's a blessing to be from here. You know, I wouldn't change nothing in the world. And when I go overseas and I, we get much respect. So I love it, man. Cool, cool. We hope that wherever somebody might be listening today, you know, if they're outside, whatever city, we hope they can get in, in, in touch with you see you face to face soon because your show is incredible your style is incredible and you're definitely true to Memphis true to the Memphis sound and we appreciate you being on Bill Street Caravan and we wish you the best appreciate it absolutely here's more from Chris Pitts and the Memphis Prime live on Bill Street Caravan y'all put your hands together one time for these lovely dancers Martin y'all come on back we got man. come on back now y'all we ain't through dance we ain't finished come on back hold on let me cut I knew he wasn't gonna keep that thing on long. What'd he say? I'm keeping it on. I knew he wasn't gonna keep it on long. He, he said he was keeping it on for the whole show. Don't get to it, take it off. He got to look like the man. Is it all right? Let me hear you say yeah. Let me hear you say yeah. Let me hear you say yeah.
Chris Pitts in the Memphis Prime, live on Bill Street Caravan. You can find out more about Chris and the band on Facebook. That's going to wrap up this week's Bill Street Caravan. We'll see you next week. Bill Street Caravan is supported by awards from Memphis Travel and Tennessee Arts Commission. We like to remind our listeners to please show your support for public broadcasting. You won't find programming like this anywhere else. You can find Bill Street Caravan on all the social media outlets. Do you love Memphis music? Tell us why and use the hashtag #IListenToMemphis. Go to our website at BillStreetCaravan.com and sign up for our monthly newsletter to find out where the caravan is going to be next. And you can always keep up with Bill Street Caravan via our podcast that's available through iTunes. We'll be back next week, so until then, I'm Pat Mitchell Worley. And I'm Jared Boyd. And you've been listening to the sounds of Memphis on Bill Street Caravan. Oh,